Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey guys, been a big week with the mentor business. I've covered a lot of ground, which I can do because effectively this organization, the mentor organization, is a broadcaster. No different to anybody else. We just don't do it on mainstream television. We do it through the digital mediums. Just a very simple initiative that we took here was to talk about the importance of small business to Australia, talk about the effect of the lockdown on small business Australia in terms of revenues, You know, make a very simple observation that this whole concept of being in this together, that is government saying we're in it together with you, the small business owner, there is a massive disconnect. The disconnect is that whilst we, the small business community, understand that the government is doing its job in relation to public health, what we call public health, whereby they have to use a broad technique to and a blunt instrument, basically lock everybody down, keep us at home, or except with a few exceptions. But when it comes to us individuals, we have other health issues. We have economic health. We have mental health. We have physical health, the ability to go out for an exercise regime and train or just sit in the fresh air, not be locked up in a house or a, an apartment or any other environment. So the balancing of public health orders and for the benefit of public health against our economic health, our emotional health, mental health, and our personal physical health has been disconnected. And a good example of that, and I raised it in my letter to the whoever it was, whoever it may concern, was that whilst we are taking it in the neck, we're losing money, yet we're expected to keep our employees on, pay our land tax, pay our payroll tax, pay our GST, um, you know, pay our rents, pay our staff, pay our contractors, whilst we're expected to do that in order that the country doesn't go broke, as the biggest employer of people in this country, the government officials who are telling us these things have not taken a pay cut. Now, maybe they could present the argument why they shouldn't have to take a pay cut because, you know, they're doing a job and they're earning the money. That may well be the case, but at least present the argument. So that disconnect thing actually took off. Um, you know, I had extraordinary response to that one post, extraordinary. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people across the nation so much so that, you know, we did interviews with Channel 7, Channel 9, Sky News. This actually reached broader than Australia. And I was contacted. I quite enjoyed having a long conversation for about 10 minutes with Martin Sung from CNBC Asia about the effects of the uh, lockdown on Australian small businesses. 
Um, and I, and I want to say straight up too, by the way, this is not just about New South Wales, this is about Victoria too. By the way, we've only just got a taste of what Victoria's experienced far more heavily than we've ever experienced here in New South Wales. We've been lucky to some extent. Victoria's really copped a blunt instrument and uh, I, I just can't believe the effect of this. And you never understand the effect of these things until you're experiencing them. So that sort of inspired me then to go make visits to various places. And I'm like, I went and saw Amir out there at Strathfield in one of the businesses called Barber Scotty. Pretty cool guys. I've met his brother, Joey. I uh, also met his mum, Nabila. Um, I got some takeaway stuff from there. I tried their coffee, tried their famous uh, potato roll, bacon and egg roll, which is fantastic. And I got to talk to the Amir about what is he doing, what, and to his family, by the way, what are they doing about um, this lockdown? You know, and I was able to share with you some of the th- ideas about what they do in the, in the lockdown period. And uh, most of it went up on my Instagram. I also was able to speak to someone called Natalie Ann from Natalie Ann Hair Salon in Croydon. And what's interesting about Natalie Ann is she is – like she's got a massive following on um, her various social mediums. And I still want to see her as a bit of a representation of the hairdressing industry, beauty industry, et cetera, nail industry, anything to do with beauty. But she's a hairdresser. So I had a really long conversation with Natalie as a podcast. My conversation with her, with her is about how does she feel about all this stuff? But probably more importantly, my conversation with uh, Natalie Ann was around what positive things is she doing to enhance her business and to, or at least to survive and keep her business value where it used to be pre-lockdown. And some of you might have seen the post I put up with Mickey. Um, poor old Mickey. Mickey's been around a long time doing the same thing, putting going through you know a lot of these sorts of trials and tribulations for many, many years. Um, but one thing I got from Mickey is his absolute resilience, like incredible resilience. And it's a funny thing he said to me. He said, Mark, I don't think about it too much because if I think about it too much, I'll stop. Therein lies a lesson. Um, sometimes we can't overthink these things and we just keep to our structure. If you're trying to survive, which Mickey's been a survivor for 20 years, if you're trying to survive, sometimes it's better not to overthink it. Stick to a routine, stick to a structure and just hang in there. Now, it's easy for me to say it, but I'm saying to you, you've got to hang in there because, fuck me, you've got no choice. If you don't hang in there you're done. And it doesn't matter what government initiatives there are, who tries to help you out. You still got to hang in there no matter what. I know the government's money is not going to be enough to help you. I know that the government's not going to help you recover the value of your business that's resulted in these lockdowns. I know the government's not going to help you sort out your clients, your customers, your contractors, and all those people who rely on your wife, your family, your husband, your partner. They're not going to help you in any of those areas. There might be some money to be got. I mean, I've put up some stuff about how you go and access that money. But at the end of the day, it's going to be up to you. It's going to be up to me. And I'm hoping that some of these people, like Mickey, help to inspire you to just to keep going. It's all about keep going. There's a lot of confusion out there. Who knows what the fuck the rules are? You know, to be frank with you, I don't even know who the fuck makes these rules. I know the police are out there trying to do their best. They'd probably be rather catching criminals, by the way, than doing what they have to do at the moment. My, my gut feeling is they would rather be out there trying to enforce the laws as opposed to the health orders. That's my gut feeling. And the couple of coppers that I know, and I know a fair amount of them, that's sort of the way they feel. I know that they are law enforcement officers who are well-trained at making sure people aren't committing crimes that you know affect society. One of the things that you've got to be careful of 
in these environments where we get confusion, we get a disconnect, where we get a sense of unfairness is that we get division. Division amongst ourselves. So we get told you can go outside to exercise. So, for example, I went out and exercised this morning outside. I exercised in the sub-basement of my building where my recording studio is. Then I went for a run outside. Now, my office is in the city where our studios are. I have to come into the studio. I've got no choice. I can't do this from my home because I need all the equipment, etc. I go for a run outside very early this morning, run around the streets. Um, no one was there. The place is empty, the city. Run into the botanical gardens. Then thought, okay, I've finished my run. There's no one around. I'm just going to sit down and make a phone call to one of the people at my farm, which is in northern New South Wales, which I can't travel to unless I get an exemption on any one particular occasion, which is full of cattle. And by the way, the guy who used to manage my cattle, I know this is just bad timing and bad luck, but he had to resign two weeks ago because he's been struck down by cancer. So I've got no one looking after my cattle. So I've had to rush around and backfill and put a few people in place. But they're inexperienced people, people I have to talk to every day because ultimately I'm the person responsible for the cattle my livestock, on the telephone, sitting there in the sun, early morning sun, 7.30 in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning, around that time, someone comes up to me, not a policeman, um, not even sure if he was an employee of the Botanical Gardens, could have been a contractor, I don't know, not a clue, started telling me that I had to move on, that I couldn't sit down in the sunlight. But there's a sign that says that you can exercise. I was exercising and I just stopped exercising and was on the phone. And by the way, just enjoying the fresh air for God's sake. He ordered me to move on. Now, I, I, I moved on. He threatened that he was going to call the Rangers. You know, I said, I can't believe it. But anyway, whatever. I moved on. As I was moving on, he got quite aggressive towards me and started swearing at me, like in a way that I'm not used to. I'm the best swearing don't worry about that but this is next level swearing he had a mask he had sunglasses he had a hat so I, I don't know who the dude was you know someone who's aggressive towards me generally speaking um I'll be aggressive back because I'm only protecting myself for all I know he was going to whack me on the chin I don't know I don't know like I've been around the fight game long enough to not underestimate anybody and not underestimate any possibility and in this time, there's so much aggro around the joint. Who knows what's going to happen? And for some reason, it's like he deputized himself, and this is happening around the place, to enforce, he started quoting health orders towards me. Well, that's fine, but I don't know if he's deputized to enforce the health orders. I don't know if he's been given the role to enforce these orders. I don't even know who the hell he is. Um, I, didn't saw, I don't see any ID. All I see is aggression towards me. In the old days, um, I'd be frank with you, I'd probably give him a flogging, saying it as it is. But, you know, these days I'm much more measured. And, uh, and I also understand from his point of view, he might have thought that he was doing the right thing by either his employer or some nebulous health orders or just taking a position. But the point I'm trying to make here is this is how division occurs. This is how division occurs, and it can escalate quite easily. And I could have escalated it, but I chose not to. So don't for any moment think that you're on your own if you're somewhat confused by 
all the noise that's out there, both in favor of health orders and against health orders, what you can do and what you cannot do, what our legal rights are, what our legal rights are not, um, who's there to enforce them, who's there not to enforce them. Don't feel bad if you feel as though you're uh, confused and or isolated. But you can please clarify it for us. All I was doing was the right thing, exercising outdoors, sitting down, trying to run my farm from a telephone, looking after my cattle, which by the way, if I don't look after my cattle, the RSPC would be all over my ass, which by the way, I want to look after my cattle, love my cattle, looking after my cattle, looking after my employees at my farm, still paying them their wages, getting nothing from the government. I get nothing. I'm not entitled to anything. I'm doing it by telephone, sitting in the sun in the botanical gardens, which is, in my opinion, is a public place. I'm sure it's not funded by anyone privately. It's funded by all of us. And then I get aggressively turned on by an individual who has self-deputized, probably for what he believes are the right reasons. So can someone, can someone please take control of what's going on? And I say to all the small business owners out there, kick on, hang in there. This is not the government saying hang in there was a disconnect. I'm in this with you. I just experienced it first fucking hand. I experienced the aggression. I experienced the anger, but also experienced the ability to step back and not engage. And it's shit. It's a shit feeling. It's a feeling like... um, I yielded, which is not in my nature. But nonetheless, I did it for the what I considered to be the betterment of that situation. So all of us, we've got to hang in together. Even if we're not in together with the government, let's be in there together ourselves, us as a group. Let's stay in this together. And, you know, every now and then we're gonna one of us is gonna get dragged off to the side to the edge and we're gonna get pushed and pulled and poked. What we've all got to do is do something about trying to pull that individual back into our group and trying to keep ourselves calm and focused and resilient and be like Mickey. Now, I'm not just saying we got to accept the situation. Our rising up is by showing them they can't fucking defeat us, no matter what. We are. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Stronger than all their bullshit, oh, you are the engine room of the nation. (laughs) Yeah, we know we are. You don't need to tell us that. By the way, you're the public service. You work for us. We put you there. We know who we are. We are not idiots. Remember who you are, guys. The small to medium business owners and staff and colleagues of and contractors and people involved in, engage with. We are this nation. Never forget it. We don't need anyone to remind us. Okay, guys, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to answer some questions that have been sent to me from our podcast audience. 
My name is George Sakalis. I'm the owner and head trainer of GT Fitness and Performance, which is a one-on-one personal training business in Southwest Sydney. Um, at the current stage, we're unable to train 90% of our client base due to the lockdown restrictions. Uh, when we first got word of lockdown, we had to move all our clients to a, a local park and uh, basically just wearing masks and sanitizing all the equipment while still training them. Um, since then, obviously the restrictions have constantly been changing. Um, as the 10 kilometer rule came into play and then multiple LJs went into lockdown, um, we've now had a lot of our clients lose their income and unable to train basically. At the moment, half of our trainers are actually locked down in the Liverpool LGA and have had to set up a new location to train clients. Main thing we've been doing lately is one-on-one training through uh, Zoom, uh, as well as check-ins with our clients. When lockdown finally ends, uh, what things would you be working on right now to ensure your business has the best chance to, I guess, kind of build back and not only get back to where it was, but uh, start progressing again? Okay, that's a good question from George. Um, and George, to some extent, is hamstrung in terms of earning income right now because um, A, his trainers can't uh, get out of LGAs, which are in lockdown, or alternatively, um, you can't do classes across the board here in Sydney or, or Greater Sydney and other areas for that matter. Um, so that's a very good question. And I, I dare say this sort of stuff, it applies in Victoria and South Australia as well, So and probably Queensland to, to some extent. George, you asked me the question, what should I be doing now to prepare me for when lockdown ceases. So right now you've got goodwill in a business. So you've got goodwill with your clients and or customers, I guess you call them clients, relative to your trainers and also relative to the brand that brings the trainers to them. But you can't train anybody, so got it. So what I would be doing is I would be making sure right now that I had my database of my customers perfectly complete and accurate and cleaned up. So I would make sure that I had every client's name, uh, address, date of birth, phone number, uh, a narrative on that particular individual, um, who they, who, which, which trainer trains with them, um, how long they train, what they're best at, what they're weak at, um, and then build a sort of like a profile on that particular uh, individual who is your revenue source. Okay, that's the first thing I would do. I would equally make sure that I, my trainers – were secured from the point of view of the future when lockdown ceases. So, you know, you can't train and or your business can't train these clients unless you've got trainers. So you've got to make sure you do something to secure your trainers. Now, that may mean having to make them a payment or assisting them in what they're doing, but maybe it also means um, having Zoom education for your trainers. You might be doing education, educate your trainers. You know, that might be in uh, training etiquette. It might be in uh, cleanliness and training. It might be in um, how they express themselves vocally to their clients. It might be about training regimes. It might be about sessions. It might be about understanding clients better, customers. It might be uh, media training for them. They might start to do their own podcasts and or posts, or they might start to run their own Instagram accounts. And then in terms of your Zooming um, activities, I think that's a great idea. You're doing Zooming for your clients and or customers. And then I would make sure that I communicated to my customers. So not only do you want to have a good, clean, complete, accurate database of your customers and or your trainers, not only do you want to continue to educate your trainers and or to keep your trainers close to you by your continual communication, but you've got to do the same with your customers. So your customers, you might decide that um, 
just for the sake of it, you might go and find someone who's a nutritionist or a dietitian. You might interview them yourself, record it and put it on an email and send it out to all your, all your client customers and say to your customers, this is the sort of thing you've got to be careful of during these lockdown periods. When you're locked down home, you shouldn't eat shit or you can eat good stuff or these are the five things that you must do on every day in terms of your diet. I'm just giving you an example. Educate your customers and give them some value, add value. It's not just about you being competent in your training tactically training people from day to day when lockdown reopens, but it's about being strategically valuable to your customers. How are you strategically valuable to your customers and to your trainers? What can you offer them that no one else is offering? Or at a minimum, what do you? What can you offer? What needs you must you offer to your customers and your trainers that everyone else at least is offering to the customers or trainers? Because you might be offering less than your opposition is. Because this is always about being better than your opposition. You know the old saying, if I'm in the jungle with Dave, me and Dave are in the jungle, and all of a sudden we see a tiger and the tiger starts to chase us, all I have to do is outrun Dave. That's all I have to do. So you have to outrun your competition. Or at a minimum, you must be as fast as your competition, which means you've got to be as active as your competition. So that tells me, George, go and have a look what your competition's doing. What are they doing for their trainers? What are they doing for their customers? Communicate, strategize, be tactical, Build, 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 add value, add value, as well as being competent. Hi, my name is Anne Hazarati, owner and creator of AH Cosmetics. My business is based on professional service in the makeup industry for media and bridal. We also provide makeup training courses for passionate artists. For the past two and a half years, I have created a brand with professional makeup brushes and accessories. I have outlaid a large amount of money in hope to increase financial stability and awareness of my brand. The past 18 months, it's been very difficult for a number of reasons. Firstly, with the product sales. I find that people don't have the funds to spend on products that aren't essential. We want to work with marketing companies to increase brand awareness, but we are held back due to financial difficulties. Our bridal bookings are planned at least a year in advance, so the pressure to reschedule these clients is beyond. We are at a loss of their original date. Dealing with the emotional stress of clients is another factor that affects our business. With feeling guilty that we can't provide regular work and finances to our staff, our mental health becomes a problem too. Feeling deflated blocks our ability to create and connect with people. How do we entice new sales without discounting too much so we don't lose revenue? How do you rebuild our business from this pandemic appreciate you giving a voice to small businesses thank you so much wow and has righty there's a lot of questions in there um the first thing i want to just to touch on is the mental health issue to be frank with you um i'm not a mental health expert by any means um but in terms of your staff i i think it's just important that you let them know that you're there to support them and listen to them i mean listening is a pretty important thing um it's very important to reach out to your staff and say, look, are you okay? Um, and and if you're not okay, let me know. And by the way, let me know if you're okay. In relation to you, Anne, um, you may well be emotionally sort of scarred at the moment yourself from a number of years of difficulty. What's important for you? You have to talk about it to people. Um, like right now you've reached out to me and you've spoken to me and I guess to some extent that actually assists you um, and hopefully my feedback to you assists you back. But let me tell you something, you're not in the boat on your own. There are thousands and thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of people right now that are emotionally stressed from what's happened over the last 18 months for all sorts of reasons, maybe perhaps different to yours, but still you are in the boat with everybody else. I know that doesn't make necessarily make you feel better, but it makes you feel like you're not unique and it makes you feel as though it's not as unfair if you know that everybody else is in the same boat. And some people, by the way, will be a lot worse than you. And you sound quite intelligent, articulate, together. 
Um, I'd say you're in a rising tide industry. So, you know, makeup, makeup artists, um, training people, training packages, products, et cetera, all a rising tide industry as a result of COVID. COVID has actually made the beauty industry get a, a whole new lease of life once we come out of the lockdown period. Because people have taken the view, I can't travel overseas, I can't travel in a state to some extent, in some cases. So I will spoil myself with looking after my personal needs. And beauty has become a big winner in this area. So if it's any consolation, you have placed yourself in a rising tide, which will start to rise again the moment lockdown finishes. So take some solace in that fact. And they're important facts for you then to push forward or push through your communication channels to your staff and to your customers. Start to structure your life, in my opinion, anyway, this works. Start to structure your life where you are thinking about others and not thinking about yourself. One way you can do that is share through digital mediums with others ideas and education programs that you currently have. And if you can't charge from doing for free and just say, this is free during this period. You might as well make yourself busy instead of sitting around trying to work out how to make money. If you can't make money because people don't have the money to pay you, then give it to them for free and just say it's available for during this period. And as a result of being available during this period for free, you are connecting, engaging with potential future customers, consumers and or community. When you turn the free tap off and turn on the pay tap, you may well get a percentage of those individuals. I'm not saying you're going to get everybody. And yeah, they're going to be people going to make use of the free. But so what? You might as well do it for free. It's giving you something to do. It's helping you articulate your thoughts and helping you sharpen up and refine your product program, the thing you want to sell to somebody one day. And you will sell it to people if it's good enough and if it's articulated enough and if you do it often enough and if you build awareness enough when the market returns. So in terms of the question that you asked about building marketing and or awareness campaigns, Nothing beats using digital media and often and just keep banging it out there and do something that's unique. Maybe the offering for free is unique or you ask people who use your free, unique, valuable education tips or beauty tips or whatever it is, maybe people will be very appreciative and will start to tag their mates, refer their mates, tell their mates, etc., to listen to this free stuff because it's valuable. Maybe that's one way of doing this marketing without having to go and spend a whole lot of dollars. Alternatively, you might want to team up with somebody else, collaborate. But again, it's probably going to have to be a free environment. You might want to tack onto someone else who is paying or whereby your product and or your education program actually enhances what they're doing. And it's something that they would not ordinarily be able to do, but they're prepared to pay for. So they're paying someone else to get the media space. So I want you to start to think of these sorts of things. What's cheap? Who can I collaborate with? And build and build and build and build and just keep building because it's not something you do overnight. I mean, this is not something that'll happen in 12 months. It's not something that's going to happen in 18 months. Brands take years to build. And what I would say to you as well, go and listen to the podcast that I recently did. It's like last couple of days where I speak to Natalie Ann from Natalie Ann Hair Salons in Croydon right here in Sydney who talks about how you build a personal brand. And by the way, she's got like half a million people who follow her, I think, on Instagram. And she actually puts on free Facebook, private Facebook sessions telling people how to build personal brands. She's in your industry. Go and have a look at what she does. I'm sure there's going to be help there. Good luck. Look, thanks again for listening to another extra uh, session of The Mentor where I answer questions. Like, can you just keep sending me those questions? Send them to my team, DM me, send them on Facebook. Can't answer every single question, but we'll 
pick out the questions that sort of have a broad appeal and I'll, I'll answer the questions to you to the camera. Do my best. Thanks very much. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to The Mentor. Audio and production is by Jess Morley. And production assistants, Jonathan Leondis. Jonathan Leondis.